Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. But joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 273 is composer Rosen, or Daniel Jimenez. Now, I don't want to oversell the Hispanic or undersell it. Is that is Am I okay with Jimenez? That's wonderful. Um, I'm from Mexico, so you can also just say Jimenez, but either way, it's perfect. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Uh, yes, yeah, so Rosen is your uh, is the name that people may know you by. Yes, correct. And the reason that you're here uh, is because you've put out a record. You're putting out a record which is all a tribute to uh, a recent game, and that's really my first question to you. So normally, I associate such things tribute albums and things they often tend to be of games that have percolated and resonated for some time whereas this one you're very quick off the mark this is a 2019 game and we've got a 2020 tribute album so was it just that was it simply that you were so sort of instantly inspired to have have a uh, your own pass at the music or is there is are there, are there other reasons no, you're correct in assuming that, um, like you said, most of my work is based on nostalgia, uh, games that I have developed uh, nostalgia over time. Yeah. And I, I just got to say, in the past few years, there's been a couple of games like uh, Nier Automata, Breath of the Wild, that, mm. and particularly this one, that just made a very similar impact on me right off the bat. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed my time playing this last year when it came out, and I honestly wanted to release it before. It just didn't work out. Uh, but I'm glad I'm glad I let it um, sit for a little bit because I, I came back to it. And yeah, it's just so impactful to me. That's really cool. So were you a longstanding Fire Emblem fan or is this uh, uh, the first time you tried the series? Or Yes, I have played several um, instances of the franchise. So th- this was a must as well. Okay. Familiar with the music. Yeah, uh, listeners, for uh, full disclosure, I am behind with my Fire Emblem. Uh, I think the last one I played properly was actually Awakening. I have the uh, all of the Fates series lined up Wonderful. on my 3DS, ready to go. Uh, but yes, I haven't got to Three Houses yet. It sits on my eShop wish list and never dropped below forty nine pounds ninety nine pence. So I'm afraid I haven't <laughs> played <fair>. it. <laughs> but I have been listening to the soundtrack today alongside your version so we've opened the show with the main theme of course mm-hmm. uh and i suppose um what we'd be interested in hearing about is where your uh sort of what you're inspired to do with these tracks that you obviously already liked enough to do something with them but where did you find that you wanted to bring your own kind of flourishes and and color palette to it right so most of my work is based on um, the fact that I want to create a new experience for the listener um, and take it out of the interactivity that it plays in, in a video game and let it be a more listenable experience. Mm. Um, the same case applies to this album. I really wanted to create an experience where we could feel the grandiosity of the deity that's playing a role in this land of Faultland and uh, you know start right off with the main theme in a very cinematic uh, story driven way and then kind of like lead the rest of the tracks in the in a similar order that you experience them in the game and uh, honestly i just wanted to be able to listen to the soundtrack as it had not been released at the time um on, Uh. on physical media or digital i just really wanted to be able to listen 
to to the soundtrack outside of the game. Um, I could not stop thinking about it. Um, that, that, that's uh, going back a little bit to what I said before. This the music had a huge impact on me, and and I love how similar it sounds to the rest of the series. Yeah. So uh, credit to the composers on the original game, I guess uh, Takaru Kanazaki, Hiroki Morishita, and Ray Kondo. Mm-hmm. Uh, who yeah, obviously came up with all those wonderful notes. I don't know if they work together or separately, providing tracks individually. I don't know if you've got any insight on that or whether it's as much of a mystery to you as it is to the rest of us. It is a mystery, but I would assume that uh, it was a, a big team working on this, as it is usual for Japanese productions. Yeah, for sure. So our next piece from the the uh, the tribute album, Crest of Flames, is going to be Life at Garrick Mac, Mac Monastery. And I'm going to guess, having not played the game, that this is the piece that plays when you're doing your kind of, you're, you're safe, you're out of battle and you're doing your admin and, and that kind of thing. That is, is that absolutely right? correct. This is where all good, the magic good. happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so this, in, in fact, this piece in the game is probably one that you spend maybe even more time than the others listening to. That is correct. Uh, I would say 90% of the game, uh, you hear the song. <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a huge chunk of the gameplay, so it's it's very important. Like it, it became so nostalgic almost right away. It sounded like something you've heard before. I don't know if you got that feeling when, when you, when yeah, you yeah, heard it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you, uh, b- before we hear it, uh, leading into it, what should people be listening out for? Perhaps people that are familiar with the version in the game. What's the... Uh, what what have you done to it? <laughs> yes, um, yeah. As you listen to it, you should listen for all these little nuances and little secret melodies that I threw in there as counterpoint, as melody, um, as they touch upon other um, characters' themes or like even just the the Fire Emblem main theme. Um, and I tried my best um, to replicate the games. Um, I can say like a feel where when you go to the chapel and then all of a sudden the music changes, not the melody, mm. just like the instrumentation. If mm. you go uh, to other areas, it changes a little bit. So I kind of wanted to carry that over this arrangement.
So that's Rosen's version of Life at Garrick Mac Monastery. Bit of a tongue twister, I find. All these tracks today from Fire Emblem Three Houses, Rosen's interpretations and, uh, yeah, passion project by the sound of it. Our next piece that we're going to hear from the same uh, tribute record is, uh, it, it says Fodlan wins, but it's got a little accent over the O, so I'm wondering if it's meant to be like Ferdlan or Foodlan. <laughs> it's more uh, like Fodlan, I think. Yeah, I mean, Fodlan. I'm no expert here. Although I should mention, I do have my uh, resident lore expert, uh, Revan, right next to me in uh, case I uh, like screw up anything or say something <laughs> that I'm not supposed to be saying about the game. Um <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Okay, so that's uh, your wife, Mary Kate. Yes, that is correct. Uh, also known as Riven, and yes. uh, does she she uh, featured uh, one of the featured artists uh, on this on this yeah, record? Yeah. So, um, if I may, let me talk a little bit about this track um, because this is what yeah, what it what gave me the idea of making an album in the first place. Um, mm. About last year, after playing Fire Emblem Three Houses, I was so in love with the uh, with the main battle theme that you hear throughout the game, uh, which is this Fortland Winds. Um, and Mary-Kate and I uh, collaboratively came up with this track. We both produced it. Um, I, I feel like this is worth mentioning because a lot of people think that sometimes when I, when I credit her, it's just a featured vocalist. Uh, role but it goes beyond that like we both do mixing producing recording com- coming up with the ideas and she she was fantastic at at replicating the the lyrics from the the, the chanting that that shows up in the original soundtrack yeah yeah so it, it was a very cool experience to kind of combine our styles into this like world uh music and electronic that the game does so very well um I would I would go more into detail about that, but it's a little spoilery, so I don't know, you know. <laughs> but it it has it's, it has a reason to be. Okay, and uh, I guess this is also a good time to mention the Sophia Session Orchestra. Yes, who correct. With on this, mm-hmm. uh, Bulgarian musicians, presumably. And yes. Uh, did you uh, did you go to them? Did they come to you? How does that work? No, they're wonderful. Uh, all of these, I- I've worked with them on now three albums. Uh, four maybe um, in the past they're wonderful because we do all remote recording sessions and uh, okay. this is how they mostly work with the world and they're very especially at the moment yeah. yeah especially at the moment and it, it's fantastic how streamlined that is it, it really makes you feel like you're there and you know you still have control over the session so it's, it's important also because I do not need to know any other languages um, they have right. very good English speakers, uh, probably better than me. So that's that's always very good. And you have assistants there. You have a session producer. Um, and I just I, I should also mention that um, being able to use both live recordings from this place that I'm so familiar with now, like the, their hall and their musicians, along with sample libraries that I use as well that are made by them, um, mm, makes yeah. everything so much easier and like it's. It, Close them together.
Foglin Winds by my guest Rosen and we are going through most of uh, we're, we're, we're highlighting most of the tracks from the album we're going to leave one just so you can go and discover it all again for yourself and uh, I hope that uh, fans of Rosen's work and, and Fire Emblem will treat this podcast as a kind of companion piece almost like a director's commentary to the uh, the, the the album which obviously you can just listen to without the uh, the waffling in between normally but if you want an insight this is uh this should operate as a as a nice thing to have with it next up is a piece that well it's got the same name as one of the earlier games in the uh, series a controversial entry because in some ways fire emblem awakening on the 3ds was i think it was quite responsible for a lot of uh, western gamers who perhaps hadn't jumped onto the series prior to that point even though they've been being released for some time i think awakening was one of the ones that uh actually you know got great reviews in the press and and people started trying it out but then i know that a lot of the hardcore fire emblem players were not happy with some of the directions that the developers uh, took with awakening regardless that's only that's by the by really because it just happens to be the name of the track unless you know that there is a relationship between the game and the name of this piece or is it pure coincidence i think it's pure uh coincidence although i wouldn't be opposed to thinking that you know the the concept of awakening um it's very similar again without really spoiling anything i i i do have to say that i found even in the music and playing the game it has a lot of similarities um with with other fire emblem um yeah. games and i would say this one in particular really shares mm. the same like deity and like um godlike uh relationship that there's in in these games that makes sense and yes you mentioned it already i think there's a there's a piece i'm not musically technical i'm just a fan but there's uh, there's a sort of recurring theme uh or 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 uh, like a a monotone chant that comes back throughout several of these pieces i, th- I assume performed by uh, by Revan there yes um is that what's being do we know what's being said there uh, and and why <laughs> right that's a very interesting question I'm, I'm glad you brought that up um it is a complete mystery um huh. it's very similar to what they do in in games like near um automata where it's like yeah. a made-up language um yes i'm right. even thinking that this particular instance is just some sampled uh vocal is saying just like uh nonsense nonsensical lyrics and they were just chopped up and like tuned up and uh. down because you hear the same chanting across yeah. the soundtrack just like tuned down to sound like a man or like tuned up a little bit more so it's it's very interesting how they use this um phonetically speaking i would say it's japanese um the right. syllables right. used but i don't think they mean anything uh, um, okay but it's very interesting because every time you hear it in the game um, and, and that's why i also wanted to bring it in a lot of of the tracks it's it has something to do with the goddess in the game. Like it, mm-hmm. it's a very mystical um, approach to the music, and and yeah, it, it foreshadows a lot every time you hear it. <laughs> I see. And did did you say Mary Kate was actually responsible for sort of phonetically working out what was being at least the sounds that were being said? Because presumably yeah. you didn't have a lyric sheet to work from. Yeah, uh, she was able to transcribe uh, phonetically what what that was, and just make sure that it's nothing. You know, that doesn't really mean anything. But yeah. since this happens a lot, especially with video game music, we're we're kind of used to it. We've we've transcribed a lot of nonsensical uh, lyrics before, so it was fun. <laughs> 
that was Awakening by Rosen. And next up, we have a piece called Chasing Daybreak. One of the questions I wanted to ask you was, now that the soundtrack is out there, at least I I was listening to it via the magic of uh, YouTube uploads, (laughs) but the soundtrack for the game is pretty long. It's got 130-something tracks, I think. (laughs) It is pretty long. How did you, was it simply a case of picking your favourites or was it more about picking ones that you felt that you could do something interesting with or is that the same thing? No, um, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, I I tend not to force myself to arrange something I'm not comfortable with or I just don't mm-hmm. enjoy just for the sake of releasing things. Um, in particular with this album, I had a more limited um timeline for production so i did have to be very careful about what to pick (laughs) Um, i tried to pick the highlights of what made an impact on me right which Mm. is mostly battle you know (laughs) this is this is a strange album for me to make because it was most of my favorite tracks were combat music or boss uh fights so Mm. I, i wouldn't say the concept of it was like very well drawn from the beginning it was just more like you know i really like what happened at these points of the game um so that's how i picked it also i, I don't know if i should mention but like uh, the the game has three or four routes um uh, that you can yeah, play yeah. um mm-hmm. i did not follow any of them i tried to be more um general like uh, to have a general overview of the world and try not to mm-hmm. tell it from a perspective per se um yeah. i did play I have played several routes, but my first one and probably my favorite was um, the, yeah, Silver's No, it's called. Um, mm. People who have played it and played the game will know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the other things I wanted to ask about is, so on the official soundtrack, obviously for the game, I think uh, it's set up such that you can have different versions of tracks depending right. on what the battle conditions are whereas for your album you've obviously have you condensed or have you gone with one say whether it's the the rainy one or the thundery one or the the windswept one or whatever uh, have you just taken the essence of all of them or did you go with a specific uh, variant each time right so that that's very interesting because i originally uh intended to have both the rain and the thunder versions in, in uh, the common see. tracks um it would have defeated the purpose of my usual concepts, which is, you know, like making it a more uh, listenable experience versus, mm. you know, having the interactivity there. I did this yeah. uh, with a near album as well, because the soundtrack acts very, like very similarly. Like you have the, let's say the rain version come out first, then the thunder and the same track, but just like later and then like isolated tracks. And I, I felt myself like listening to the soundtrack this way you were missing on something right so i tried to combine both of them i wouldn't say mm. i like I, you you find that exchange a lot so it's more of an essence
Chasing Daybreak by Rosen, of course. And we're moving up to our sixth selection from the uh, fantastic tribute album that we're featuring today, Crest of Flames, all about Fire Emblem, Three Houses, as if you didn't know by now. And uh, so with Unfulfilled, uh, we've got, uh, yeah, what, what's, uh, what elements are particularly striking with this piece? Uh, what was it about the original that, uh, that made you want to cover it? And uh, what should our listeners be listening out for? This is a very heartbreaking song in the game. Uh, I mm. know it can it plays throughout uh, different events depending on what route you're you're playing. I would say in my particular route that I mentioned, um, it was the most heartbreaking moment in the whole game because you have to make a very very tough decision, and uh, it really hit me. Um, so I did want to uh, one one of the other reasons I wanted to to pay tribute to this album is I wanted to listen. Um, to higher quality versions of these songs um, and, and also life, right? Like some things were written so well that would work fantastic if played live. And so I wanted to bring in choir to this um, in addition to the strings, you know, like sweeping strings. Um, and I wanted to write lyrics for it in, in Latin that can kind of encompass what's happening in that particular mm. scene. So I actually scored it to picture. Like I, 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 while I was writing it, I made sure to like uh, watch the the this particular scene to like kind of cue in uh, either Revan in the vocals or like the choir at the very end, um, and, and and try to be more faithful to that particular scene. So is the choir uh, part of the remote musicians as well? Yes, that is correct. And I have wow. them on three or four tracks, I believe. Yeah, yeah, amazing stuff, and definitely, like as I say, I'm I'm no expert, but I always feel like I I can tell the difference between real, nice. real choir and and uh, and instrument libraries uh, or voice libraries. I suppose it's it's <laughs> never course. quite the same. Yeah, you can feel it here. Uh, anyway, let's enjoy this one, unfulfilled.
Unfulfilled by Rosen. We've got a couple more tracks from the album to play you before we say goodbye. I suppose one thing that uh, interests me now is, uh, Daniel, what have you been playing since Three Houses? And has anything resonated in the same way? Now, obviously, I'm not asking you to reveal anything you don't want to reveal about future projects, but uh, has there been any music uh, from games in, in the last year or year and a half that's, uh, that's had a similar effect on you? thinking about that uh it's it's so funny because as soon as you asked that i was like well i'm playing fire emblem three houses again for like the fourth time um wow. trying to complete the okay. routes but this is not all i have been playing just to be clear this was just like as i was working on the album picking it up this year i'm like oh i should probably play the game and that's what i'm playing right now um i'm trying to think <laughs> i mean between I, i've been just playing uh, you know, any other Zelda games like Link's Awakening, I think, came between between um, back then yeah. and now. Uh, Breath of the Wild, I feel like I've replayed again <laughs> ever since. Yeah. Um, as for future albums, you know, you know what? Like, th- this might not happen a lot. I think this is a rare occasion, even though most <laughs> I can say this is probably my second album that really reflects on a on a more modern game. But uh, no, I'd say future albums are definitely going to go back to like more nostalgic and older games. Okay, and are they likely to be in within the? Obviously, I know you got a thing with uh, near and 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 whatever else, but mm-hmm. uh, it seems like you're quite sort of Nintendo centric. Are there are there other franchises from from elsewhere? Or any uh, have you we only worked with um, Japanese original composers or anything Western that interests you? Yeah, of course. Um, I I recently did. Wow, this year has been like so long. Um, back in March, I released yeah. <laughs> uh, a Kingdom Hearts album as well. Um, it's one of my favorite series as well, and the music is just fantastic. Yeah. And I really wanted to work on that. I've done also Skyrim in the past. Um, uh-huh. I do want to. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, even though I grew up with Nintendo, I I did have most of the consoles around. I, I guess it just depends on like how much of an impact the music itself had on me. And I would Oof. say that uh, that's the case with Japanese composers more than Western ones. I know I mm. want to explore at some point um, like Halo, uh, Final Fantasy. I know people would love me for to, for me to do more of that. Uh, mm. Even even modern stuff like Ori, like the the music is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. And and even though you know there's nothing to be done to it, like there's always a voice that you can tell the story from from. Yeah, that's uh, that was something else I'd be interested to know. Like how much, um, like I, although these pieces are distinctly your versions, your arrangements of mm-hmm. them, um, I feel like there's obviously we're used to hearing and we feature a lot of it on this um on this show that stuff through the materia collective and whoever else that's mm-hmm. like metal versions or right. or jazz versions or whatever whereas these are within the same you know basic genre of, of you know big grand orchestrated um dramatic music what's are there any of the pieces i think it's probably actually of of the of what i've heard the the one that we're not featuring today is the one that probably goes furthest away from the source material <laughs> with a bit of synth and groove and yeah and also farthest from what i'm used to right <laughs> okay yeah is that not your not your normal thing no i've been trying to incorporate more synths and more like prog rock into my music because this is what has influenced me in the past like i i listen to yeah. this kind of music even more so than soundtracks um mm. but you know bringing them into my repertoire um has been 
yeah, something I, I've been wanting to do more of. What's your uh, What's your musical background? Are you uh, classically trained, self-taught, or somewhere in between? Yes, I am classically trained. I started when I was six or seven, uh, playing piano and you know all the tonal harmony. I I went to College of Music, uh, Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Um, I have a degree in in, in film scoring, actually, which. <laughs> Just hilarious because it's it's uh, it's geared towards more video game music now because that's more fun for me now. Um, okay. Yeah. No film projects in the offing. No, I abandoned that a while ago. I started oh. my career with uh, scoring trailers, uh, yeah. like movie trailers and commercials, and while that was fun, I like video game music way more. But you know, I I would. I'm never going to shut down the opportunity to do any films. I yeah, I think cool. I'm just more interested in scoring games or keeping arranging uh, uh, other people's work for sure. I absolutely love that because I st- obviously we're we're way beyond where we were when I was growing up with games and they were considered to be you know not a good thing generally and certainly the sure. preserve of of young adolescent males chiefly and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. so um i i still have personally a little bit of stigma i think sometimes that i feel about being you know a video games obsessive about the games themselves and the art and the music yeah and uh, so it's great to hear somebody's just like nah video games they're the thing that's what i want to do uh no sort of i'm slumming it with games until i get a proper job you know it's it's uh it's we're so far away from that now which is fantastic yeah uh so before we hear between heaven and earth uh what's uh, what does this piece mean to you and and again what uh what elements are, are worth keeping areas open for uh so i wanted to pick one of the three main like um not I don't want to say boss battle because it's not boss battle, but like a, a big combat uh, theme from later in the game, and this one caught me by surprise because I have not yet heard it in the game. I'm actually uh, about to in the route I'm going through, but um, listening to the soundtrack, it always like struck to me as one of the most epic tracks from from the like final instances in the game. So. I consider it to be this probably my favorite track to work on because one, it caught me by surprise. I hadn't heard it in game. Um, and it was also the most complex. This had all the life parts, you know, brass, strings, choir, uh, as well as like synths and like other percussive stuff that I usually add to my track. So it was very hard to put together, but um, hopefully it, it does come off as like epic and like, Um, I also made a blend of epic orchestration and highlighted its emotion Um, so it is quite different from the original I would say Mm. Yeah. so hopefully you can hear that
Between Heaven and Earth by Rosen. Of course, the original from Fire Emblem Three Houses. And this is from Crest of Flames. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've got one more piece which with which we'll uh, close the podcast. But before then, I want to thank you, Daniel Rosen, for joining me. And, uh, and as well as you, the listener and editor, Jay, do keep requests coming in for our regular Sound of Play show over on our forum or social media, canarince.com, at canarince, whatever else. Uh, now's the time where we tell people how they can get hold of, how they can listen to this this uh, this piece of work of yours, Daniel. Um, they can find me everywhere on every like digital streaming platform out there, uh, even yeah. in China, <laughs> Europe. Uh, just want to type my name, Rosen, or Crest of Flames. Uh, you can also visit my website at rosen.audio, A-U-D-I-O. And, or you can just uh, see me tweeting about it at rosendj. Even though I should say I'm not a DJ, those are just my initials. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I get that, that all makes the sense. time. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, you can indeed find Crest of Flames on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes Store, Deezer, YouTube Music, Materia Store, Amazon Tidal, Napster. Even well, that's that is almost everywhere. Yes. Uh, are there is there uh, are there going to be physical versions in the offing, or is that? Yes, uh, we usually have them right off the bat as pre-orders. Uh, we want to try to avoid pre-orders for this one because, uh, you know, with pandemic going on, I want to make sure that we can get yeah. the product first. Yes, this will be available um, as a double LP and a CD as well um, next year, early next year. We'll see how that goes. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. So, yeah. One LP, sorry. <laughs> well, just the one. Uh, follow Daniel on social media to keep track of that. And before we hear the uh, the last piece, which is uh, a song, an actual song, uh, I was going to run this past you. I, I don't know if this is would be an ambition or hopefully not a terrible insult, but I was listening to some of these pieces and thinking, right, there's loads of uh, Fire Emblem characters in Smash Brothers, right? And right. Some people, some people say there's too many, but uh, but personally, even though you know, I'm I'm something of a series fan, I'm not an obsessive. I I don't mind there being lots of Fire Emblem characters in in Smash. Uh, if we've still got, I think, is it four more characters to be revealed for yeah. Smash Ultimate? If there was a, if there was a, if there was a Three Houses character in there, and Nintendo, as they've as they tended to do recently kind of reaching out to people who they you know working with people who they haven't worked with before how would you feel about uh some of these arrangements going into smash <laughs> um obviously i would never say no to that it would be a dream of mine to have a, an arrangement um in a smash brothers game um yeah i don't know how they ever approach these it's it's i feel like <laughs> Seeing recent um, arrangements being added, the composers don't even know. You know, they were never approached by Nintendo. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, a thing that's worked between publishers and distributors. And uh, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. I believe they approached Grant Kirkhope, or somebody did mm. for, yeah, for no, Banjo Kazooie. You're correct about that. I guess it happens sometimes, but that'd be great. You know. Uh, <laughs> I do usually uh, write one or two pieces in every album, arrangement album, hoping that it could be used for something. So, you know. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, well, the best of luck with that. I, 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 hearing some of these, I was just thinking, yeah, this 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 would absolutely work as a as an arrangement for a for a, a Fire Emblem Smash stage. I would be all over that. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully it will happen. I was thinking as well of, of, of obviously the relatively recent collaboration with... Um, you know, with the uh, the crypt of the necrodancer, the mm -hmm. uh, 
the that's kind of the, the way that Nintendo are, are bridging these gaps that you thought were never bridgeable before. I can yeah. I can imagine a time when they might include, you know, kind of uh, uh, the projects like this in in the official canon. Fingers yeah. crossed. Anyway, I would hope so. That's why we gotta try our best to deliver the highest quality of music. That yeah, we can. absolutely. So yeah, uh, before we go, then uh, tell us about the Edge of Dawn. What's going on here? This theme is written from a particular uh, point of view. It's uh, Edelgard, the the uh, Black Eagle's house uh, leader. So. I love the lyrics that they use in the game because it just encompasses everything that's going on in the game and all the struggles. Um, and I really didn't want to change these and, you know, just live it as is. Um, I did want to add the, the small differences between this one and the the version in the original soundtrack is that it's a little bit heavier on mm. the uh, orchestration. Um, and I, I did make sure to keep that blend of electronic synths and... Um, and heavy orchestra with it. And uh, are we hearing uh, Revan on the vocal here? Yes, she is performing um, in this track. Lovely. Beautifully <laughs> so, may I add. All right, well, thank you so much for joining, joining me, Daniel. Yeah, thank you for having me. And, uh, well, hopefully we'll have you back on a future project. That'll be great. If you'll join us. Yeah, of course. And uh, listener, we'll leave you with The Edge of Dawn. And don't forget to check out Crest of Flames on... Uh, on anywhere, everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> Until next time. Flames, a force I can't run.